Last time on Good Neighbors. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good Neighbors, an actual play podcast of Monster of the Week. With these next couple of episodes, we take a look back to the very first moments that our beloved characters encountered the weird, be it with monsters, magic, or both. Homecoming. The football field. Fourth quarter. Ten seconds on the clock and ten yards left. The home team is down by three. The bleachers are packed with students in face paint and jerseys, jeering at the visiting school. Purple and yellow are everywhere. The floors are littered with hot dog baskets and foam cups. Time has slowed as the fate of the universe hangs in the balance. Star quarterback Flint O'Hare has ten seconds to score a touchdown or it's all over. Your team is huddled up. Your center, Nathan Stone, is looking you dead in the eyes with complete confidence and complete trust. Ain't no one getting by him in the final play. What do you say to your team as they prepare for greatness? All right, guys. We have one last shot at this. If we win this, we are champions. I'm counting on every one of you. Uh, Nathan goes, and we're getting beer after, yeah? Absolutely. If we win, drinks are on me. You get, yeah, 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 all around. Uh, and the team starts squaring up. The visitors are laughing at you. As they are currently in the lead, they're trying to demoralize you, trying to take away your energy in the final seconds of the game. The pressure is on. What's your strategy? All right, here's my plan. I'm going to run back, fake, fake for a pass, and then I'm going to run straight down the center. You just got to keep me covered. You got it, boss. You got it. Fuck yeah, Flint, let's do this! Yeah! Uh, you hear all around as the boys uh, start clapping each other on the shoulders. They start doing a little as they start walking towards to form up their line against the visiting team. The world grows quiet. All the music stops in the background. Everyone's looking with great intent, great scrutiny. And they make the call. Whenever you're ready, snap and start. Ready? Hike! Act under pressure. That is going to be an 11. Beautiful. The skies uh, clear up. Uh, As soon as you start, your front man there, uh, uh, Nathan Stone, fucking tanks the dude right in front of him. You can tell we don't know a lot about football right here. Uh, you, You run backwards, take the pass. One of their eyes on the far right breaks through the line and starts running circles towards you to kind of wrap around and get you from behind, and you dive through the center as you start charging towards the the, uh, the end zone. Uh, the other teams are screaming their heads off, Get him! Get him! Get him! Of course, they're saying this through uh, these mouthpieces, so it sounds like garbled nothings, but the crowd behind you is losing their mind, and as you uh, skid into the end zone, just barely not getting a... a not landing on the ground and fumbling the ball right before the end, uh, the crowd loses their minds. You hear Flint, 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 Flint over and over in the background. The team runs up to you and is barreling into you to hug, high five, snacky on the ass. A sports drink has poured on somebody. Who knows who it is? Uh, and everyone is losing it. What are you doing? 
Uh, I'm taking off my helmet and showing my chiseled, clean-shaven face and flowing blonde hair. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, the crowd, uh, uh, your team starts to pick you up and lead you towards your, uh, the rest of the school, your uh, schoolmates. And they are, uh, you know, like, losing it. They're charging on over to you. They're on the field. They're not supposed to be. They are on the field uh, to go congratulate you. How do you meet your fans? Arms spread wide, hands up in the air, giving the victory sign, just excited. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, two of the uh, uh, sort of announcers for the game, uh, 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 Jenny Hargraves and Todd Wellingham, uh, come down from the top with their microphones in hand. Uh, they go, uh, Flint, that was an amazing one in a million chance. How did you pull that off? Plain and simple. Teamwork and fundamentals. I wouldn't have been able to do this if every other player on my side was not where they needed to be when they needed to be there. This was not a victory for me. This was a victory for the team. Humble as ever, isn't he always, guys? Uh, and everyone just goes, roughly yeah, half Flint, Flint, Flint! Uh, uh, and uh, uh, Nathan Stone... Uh, takes the mic from one of the uh, the announcers and goes, "Ain't no one stopping the Flintstones in this house." Uh, and we uh, cut to a incredible party. Uh, we are the uh, the O'Hares have very politely gone on a weekend vaca- vacation and forgotten all the beer in the fridge. They just happen to miss it on their way out, uh, and everyone. Over at the O'Hare residence, can you describe the uh, the O'Hare estate for me real quick? It is a very large uh, southern mansion, about three floors, uh, chandelier in the entrance. Just think like typical rich white people. <laughs> very, very good. And then a bunch of drunk toddlers are running around <laughs> ready to destroy it. Uh, this... We've seen movies. There are red solo cups everywhere. People brought like random foods. No one is really willing to like make anything. No one's really here to eat. Uh, you can hear people in the back, uh, uh, j- like jumping into the pool from like the second floor. There are uh, people smashing their heads on beer cans. People doing keg stands, and we see Flint, uh, hot and ready, fresh out the shower, walking out to go see his fans, all clean and nice and not gross. What do you say to your uh, to the crowd? as they welcome you to the party that you're hosting. Everyone, drinks, food, smoke, all on me tonight. I'm going to pay for anything you guys need. My folks were nice enough to leave behind a card in case I needed anything. Everything's on me tonight. Yeah! Flynn, you're the mad dog! Is that Flynn? Oh my gosh. You hear the background. Uh... As everyone is like high-fiving you, they're, they're trying to get you to do shots with them. They're trying to play any kind of game to get the coolest kid in school to join them and be their friend. How do you spend your time at these parties? I try to make sure that I talk to every person for at least a few seconds. Make sure nobody feels like they're getting ignored. And try to wingman for everybody. <laughs> it is... Uh, hmm. Give me a little, uh... Hmm. Give me a little, uh... How to put this? 
It's not because it's not a bad situation. You're not investigating anything. I'll give you another act of pressure. This is just being a cool guy. It's more uh, of like a flat cool role than anything else. <laughs> flat cool? That's only going to be a seven. A seven. I mean, hey, man, everyone's drunk as shit. Uh, while it's not the perfect night, it's still a good night. Uh, some people are not interested in, like, going whole hog. Some people are just sore. But people are still chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. They got foot on hair in town. So we're not raging, but we're having a good time. And that's okay. Every now and again, uh, you hear uh, someone big up like, Hey man, who invited the weird guy in the costume? And people have been like, what are you talking about? There's no one no one's in a costume. So I could have sworn someone was. Some some other people mentioned like, yeah, the guy's wearing a weird outfit. That's weird. Uh, but then uh, some people say that I've totally seen it, and it seems like something should be very obvious, but no one seems to corroborate it all that well. What and kind so of weird like, outfit? Uh, like, like one of those full body suits, they say, or sometimes they say they're wearing, like, big old goggles, but otherwise nothing. Everyone's also kind of, like, schwasty, so it's hard to take what they're saying super literally. All right. I'm sure it's not. It's probably just some jackass neighbor didn't get invited trying to mess up our party, bro. Well... Anyone's welcome to this party. Alright, I mean, if I see him, I'll tell him, like, you don't have to put on a show or something. Please do, and just send them to me if they're nervous. Yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> You're always so, uh, so inviting, Mr. O'Hare. Why did I say that? Flint. <laughs> yeah, Mr. O'Flint, Mr. O'Hare's my dad. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, let's get some new tunes in here. Oh, yeah. Ah. <sighs> You see that uh, uh, one of the local bands has showed up, like just, you know, like any shitty high school band has started to like play their own tunes. Uh, and, you know, it makes response. Some people are like really here for to support their friends. Some people are like, I just wanted to hear normal music on some uh, like CDs or whatever. But, you know. Wait, uh, high school band? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, college band, my bad. All right, I was about to have to, if they were high schoolers, I would have had to kick them out of this party. <laughs> of course. College does homecoming, right? I don't remember. I think so. Yes! Anyways. You can tell how cool we all are. <laughs> uh, anyways. <clears throat> Everyone's chilling out, relaxing. The party is just fine. People are vibing. People are smoking. There ain't nothing going wrong at this party, Flint. How you feeling? Drunk, high, and relaxed. Hell yeah. I think uh, you and one of the boys are, are chilling out on a balcony, uh, having just a, a good old doobie, uh, when you hear this, like, really loud scream. And it doesn't, like, you hear screams all the time because people are jumping in the pool and doing, like, weird stunts or whatever. But you hear, like, a really loud scream, and it sounds really distressed. Uh, we should probably go check that out. Uh, Nate is, like, zonked. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 of I'll, course. I'll, I'll take care of it if you're you're not feeling up to it. And I pat him on the back and go running off. Uh, you hear another scream. Same direction. Uh, it is definitely outside. And it is not out back. It's like around the corner, like off to the side of the house where people wouldn't be hanging out normally. It's sort of the uh, like the bush gardens. Running that way. Okay. Fast as I can. Very, very cool. 
you uh, stumble a little bit as your uh, brain is a little bit messed up right now. And you hear uh, this another loud scream. And out the window, you see this weird red glint, like a thin red bead of light, just ever so briefly. It could have been a passing car. It could have been a, a, anything. But this thin red bead of light passes by the window as you get downstairs and get outside. No one in the party seems to notice. Everyone seems pretty out of it right now. People are just relaxing. People are still jumping in the pool. People think that scream was someone having fun. Well, that's what I'm hoping for, but I'm going to keep heading towards it. Uh, all right, Flint. Just, uh, you know, you don't have to play mom for every time we're out here. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll try to have fun, okay? Will do. Uh, you kind of slow down as the other people kind of waylay you a little bit to chit-chat and tell you to go have fun. And as you round the corner, you hear this <laughs> underneath your foot. I look down. You see a hand severed, eking I, blood out. I scream and start running the other direction. You do so. And you immediately, uh, give me an act under pressure. Minus two, because you're drunk as shit. Cool, that's a two. You slide uh, across uh, some substance, and as you look back in you, uh, behind you and see on your hand and on the back of your, uh, your shirt, it is definitely blood. You slam into something dark as you start to skid through the bushes. Things take a very swift turn into a very bad place. Oh, no. You see... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's horrifying. You see spines along a ridged back. You see brown and green, almost translucent skin stretched over an emaciated, haunched body. Massive red eyes find you as a half-reptilian, half-canine head turn to face you. A familiar glow dots the eyes. And then it's gone. Either it was never there, or it's the fastest thing you've ever seen. What do you do? Drunk, disoriented, and terrified. I start vomiting. You vomit. You see this, uh, uh, you know, wheat-colored uh, ichor spill out across the ground and mix with that blood and mud. You hear another scream in the distance. <sighs> you hear another scream. You hear splashing in the pool. You hear, get out! Get out! What do you do? I start screaming for everyone to run as loud as I can. Everyone! Everyone run! Loud enough that my voice uh, begins to tear a bit. Your stomach feels hot. Like, really hot. You look down, and you see that your shirt is ripped. But you don't see what did it. Nothing did it. But you touch where it was ripped, and you see blood in your hands, leaking rapidly. It's so hot. What do you do? I, I try to stand up. You stand. You can feel your insides start to try to spill out of the hole in your gut. Everything is falling apart. You can't see anybody, your vision gets blurry. It's really hazy as your heart rate has jumped so high as you're leaking blood as all of the alcohol is now poisoning your brain. 
uh, or has been, and you, now that you have less blood, it's less diluted. And suddenly you're thrown like a ragdoll after an upward slash to the chest. You're lying on the ground, vision blurry. Your friends are dying. You hear Nathan scream for his mom. You hear bones cracking. The world is falling apart. And the worst thing is, is that there's nothing you can do. I have to... I have to help. You feel your hand as your crawl touch into the pool. And as you lift your head over, you see just two floating eyes between a stretch of skin. What's the last thought you have before you pass out? I don't want to die. And let's cut out. We cut to a computer covered in stickers, glowing a dull white and blue light. We see an email from the Constance competitive ping pong crew. Dear Ms. Tui, we appreciate your interest in joining our ping pong team. Truly, we have never seen such interest in the form of repeat applications before. While we are flattered by your willingness to join as a substitute player, that is not a position we have for the team and do not currently have plans to create one in the future. Thank you again for your enthusiasm. However, we would like to reiterate that there are no intentions to add any additional positions to our roster. Have a lovely day. What do you do in response? <sighs> well, maybe if I send a video application of me showing off my new forehand pendulum sidespin serve, then I could change their mind. Maybe. <laughs> do you do that? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does uh, Beck's room kind of look like at this time? Uh, I think it's still pretty small and cramped and has just a lot of, like, movie posters and, uh, like, one of those little indoor basketball hoops that they clearly, like, uh, bundle socks up and then, like, throw them through it. Nice. So you said about uh, uh, filming yourself doing whatever that thing you just said was. And uh, you upload it and send it in response to them going, we don't want you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, they send something along the lines of like, uh, uh, please accept this uh, video demonstration as an addition to my application, which I'm sure is being held on reserve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, you don't get a response to that email. Uh, but you do get a ping in your alarm uh, from however you get alarms uh, that your karate class is starting soon. Uh, okay. Yeah, they throw some stuff into a duffel bag. Um, they pack themselves a little cereal snack in their crossbody lunchbox. Uh, <laughs> I think an important fixture of the room is like one of those um like display shelves that are like have like glass around them and inside are like several like old vintage boxes of cereal. <laughs> 
and uh, it's like weirdly like the nicest thing in the room. <laughs> I love how like lame she is. Oh, for sure. Uh, she uh, feeds her uh, sea monkeys, which are collectively named Alex. Uh, gives the glass a little kiss and then leaves. Incredible. Uh, you head on over to the YMCA, or the. I don't think we get you can get C for that, but the the YMGA, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, you are, of course, right on time uh, to get uh, into your karate gi and start class. Um, Grandmaster Chuck Hayes is is ready to teach, and as you know, he is the director or what have you for the Constance Competitive Ping Pong crew. So, he knew he was gonna end up seeing you after giving you that rejection letter again. I think and he just kind of gives you like an awkward like, hey. Beck walks into their class uh, with one of those like shitty dollar store paddle balls, uh, <laughs> just like playing with it, trying to uh, quote unquote subtly show off their skills. <laughs> you paddle that ball, and he gives you just a like a. A sort of sideways shake of like, no, don't. Okay. A familiar look. <laughs> A very familiar look. And then he tries to direct you to like actually get into class and it's time to start kicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what happens in Shito Ryu Karate, so I assume this kicking involved. Okay. Uh, uh, class goes by relatively uh, simply. Uh, I don't think he like is extra hard on you or anything to be like to like punish you. That's not really his style. Mm-hmm. He just features you exactly the same as he would have beforehand. I think every now and again he says something that like vaguely could easily be turned into like a ping pong joke or like a uh, paddle joke because you use, use paddles in martial arts trainings and what have you. I think Beck uh, gives him the least subtle wink every single time he does that. <laughs> and he. Like, coughs, or just looks down to the ground, or sighs every time. And eventually, class is over, and there's usually about a 15-minute gap between the first class and the next, where you kind of have that time to, to, you know, ask questions, go over anything you missed in class, or uh, feel like you want to try again. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think Beck uh, lingers a little bit. He said, he goes, <clears throat> uh, excellent effort today. Uh, uh, student. Oh, you, you can call me, you can call me Beck. It's all, it's all cash. Uh, I like to maintain a degree of, uh, professionalism and, for- and formality with my students. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's cool then. No problem. Uh, sensei. But yeah, thanks. I- I've been really working on it. Trying to get the the backflip just right. That's right. I do backflips in this class. There's been no authority <laughs> or baseline established as to what this karate looks like. So I'm yeah. sure anyone who does Shito Raya karate, which uh, I, I doubt those Send are our us listeners. emails. <laughs> I want angry tweets. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, your <clears throat> backflips are looking. They're really coming along. Thanks. If there's one thing about Beck Tilly, it's that she never gives up. That's, yep, that is an extremely desirable quality in many fields. Yeah, and I'm a real team player, Wink. (laughs) Beck, 
I mean, student. <clears throat> I apologize that we aren't, we haven't accepted you into the ping pong team. I just, I want to reiterate, we don't, we don't have any room for another person on our team. I gotcha. I mean, I could be the, the table tennis equivalent to like a, a, a caddy or like a water boy. And then you can just, you can keep me on the bench. Uh, <clears throat> Miss Tui, can I ask why you are so determined to be on the ping pong team, even in an auxiliary capacity? I, you know, well, I, my schedule is pretty busy, but I, I just have a perfect slot, you know, that lines up every Thursday evening for it. So, you know, it's like Tetris, my schedule trying to find all the long pieces to fit right in there so it just if it would just be a good fun thing to do he gives a sage nod for <laughs> knowing exactly what you're doing uh or exactly what you mean he goes mm -hmm. maybe i can uh call around or something and see if there are other uh, other clubs that are going on at the y that you could do during that slot you know, if you're if you're just looking for something to do or companionship on Thursday evenings, that's fine. Uh, it just it, it wouldn't do be right to have it here. Right. Am I like? Do you just not want to have someone who's like young around or something? I mean, like no, I'm not no, no, a no. kid. I'm. I have an exuberance that some may call youthful, but I'm in my twenties. I'm an adult. I, I know. I, I in no way am I trying to to infantilize you or or box you out because you are younger. It I well and truly mean that we just don't have the room. Uh, go ahead and give me an, uh, an investigative mystery to see what he's trying to do. No, oh, that's a that's a juicy five. Then totally, that's what you get. Uh, I will if you would if you if what you actually want is to just meet some of the other members of the team and have some sort of outing every now and again we uh, get donuts together or sometimes go see movies together you can join those if you can find it in your find the room in your tight schedule yeah well that's the thing I I do like recognize some of the the people just like from the list of names you know available through the y like oh, lisa sorry. like lisa richardson from the the pharmacy is like an arthritic cast and uh, uh like dan smalls he has like a heart condition he's a uh like a grocer you know so like I, it just I feels like a weird lineup i guess uh, we are <sighs> Uh, Miss Tui, I would have to ask that you do your best to not invade the privacy of the people on my team. I'm not, though. They're just, like, around town. I know people around town. Give me a manipulated person. Because you definitely don't know these people, right? Not really. <laughs> Ooh, that's a three. 
<laughs> do we get to gain experience from flashbacks? You do, yeah, yeah. But... It is pretty abundantly clear to me that these are not people that you interact with and that you are just trying to use these as an excuse to take their place on the team. Oh, I would never want to, like, box someone out. Neither would I, but you have to understand that this isn't appropriate behavior. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes I just get a little excited. I see that, and again, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I just... Like, we we can't. Just... Yeah, I get it. If you do something like this again, I'm gonna have to remove you from the class. The karate class? Yes, because Uh, those two people you just mentioned are in my other class. Right. In a karate class. Okay. Okay, yeah, sure. It's very exclusive. VIP ping pong. Uh, uh, uh don't uh, check your email then. Uh, and I think Becca's just gathering their stuff. You see this, like, deadpan look uh, on him, even not facing you, but you know he's already seen it uh, as you head out. And the next class is supposed to go in, and for sure, uh, Lisa Richardson and Dan Smalls uh, are going towards it, and uh, you can see that, uh, you know, Lisa does have her cast. Uh, Dan doesn't really look ready to be doing sports right now. Yeah. Hmm. Have a good day! Student. I will! They, uh, they, people that are coming into this class have, like, large tote bags, and it's not a sparring day, so you know that they probably didn't need those. Uh, one of them, like, drops some stuff out of their car, as it just kind of seems like they're fumbling over some papers and things in the parking lot. They throw them back in, and, uh, you know, people start getting ready to go inside, and they greet each other happily, sort of like, Hi, how are you? Hey, Stuart, good to see you again. That sort of deal. Yeah, I think Beck uh, walks away from the karate class and uh, puts their hood up and uh, just kind of size themselves and thinks, okay, yeah. I can let it go. I can let it go. I'm cool. I can let it... I can let it... And then they jump into the bushes. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. You you jump into the bushes and uh, you see uh, the last student that would pull up because it's like 12 students per class and the, the 12th person would be here now as they pull up. And they like clearly are late, and they they rush to get out of their car, and some things kind of fumble out of their bag, and they just kind of throw it back into their car uh, as they run inside to go be there as close to on time as they can to hide in the bushes. Uh, so they they had they threw like some of their equipment back into their car. They didn't take it inside. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna try to um sneak up to the car. Do a little scuttle and, and try to look inside. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, give me a little investigative mystery. Okay. You, why do you why do you scuttle? It feels correct. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Okay. 
uh, hold one. Let me, I forgot to bring up the resources. Hmm, same. You know, my character predominantly has weird. <laughs> and in a, <laughs> That seems fitting. In a time without uh, magic, I had a lot of zeros on this sheet. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Okay. Uh, on a seven to nine, hold one. Uh, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here? I guess what is being concealed here? For sure. Uh, curiously, uh, I think the strangest thing you notice that's in here is a sword. Uh, yes! Uh, it seems completely unnecessary, and it's not a thing that uh, Chuck Hayes teaches. He doesn't do a weapons class of any kind. Uh, and I think you immediately peer to the car that is next to it, and there is also similar weaponry in there. It is under some blankets, but it's slightly exposed. Uh, but in this car where everything's kind of thrown about, uh, you see a couple of scattered pages with weird uh, wor- words and other languages on them. Uh, and on, like, an embroidered towel set is this, like, scalloped castle tower with a B on it. I think Beck takes out their phone uh, and, like, turns their flash off and, like, tries to take little pictures. Uh, And the whole time, they're just thinking, shit, 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 shit. This is weird. This is so weird. I know it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For sure. As you uh, uh, start looking around at the other cars and taking pictures, you can see that the camera is picking up that uh, some of those, like, words get blurry. Uh, when you take a picture of them. Like, no matter how close you can get it, as close as you can, the words are just blurry. They're not picked up by your camera. That's so weird. Oh, I should not be excited by this. (laughs) Romy, an act under pressure to evade getting caught as you hear the door open again. Let's do it. Ooh, it's a seven. Okay. Uh, on a seven to nine, uh, the keeper's going to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to say worse outcome is that you are caught, by, but, but not by one of the like students or, or Chuck Hayes. You're going to have to explain yourself a little bit. As one of the YMCA staff is like, Hey, I've seen you before. You definitely come in on a trolley. Those aren't your cars. What are you doing, bud? I think Beck tries to flip it to the front-facing camera. Okay. Uh, and tries to play it off like they're taking selfies. Okay. Uh, give me a manipulated person. Again, zero to charm. Oh. <laughs> you really, you really front-loaded your character. That's how I do, baby. But the gods have smiled upon me, and that is a twelve. On a twelve, okay. They, they uh, do what you want for the reason you gave them is that they don't actually think that you are looking into someone's car. You're taking a, a little video of yourself. They go, oh, "Oh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, that was very rude of me. I'm sorry." And they go no, back it's inside. Fine. It's fine. It's for my. It's for my. It's for my vlog. It. It's. For, What's it's it called? Oh, uh, it's um. It's called Untitled. It's really subversive like that. Anyway, I'm gonna go. <laughs> and they turn around. That sucked. But yeah, go ahead. 
uh, and you you leave. Uh, you where do you go? Oh boy, um, I think they go home. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's more of a, or they go to like an internet cafe or something, uh, to try to like, I guess, do research. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you you hop on your uh, computer and start to try and piece together the the puzzle that's going on here. Swords, a scalloped tower, the letter B. What's going on here? Well, we investigate a mystery. Zero to sharp, ladies and gentlemen. Why did you do this to yourself? I was here to punch and to do magic. Seven. Seven. All right. Hold one. What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can, what can hurt it? Where did it go? What is it going to do? What is being concealed here? Um. Can I do what was it going to do? Like, what were you guys going to do with these swords? For sure. Uh, so, uh, as you're like doing uh, research on these people, uh, in terms of like offering martial arts classes that involve weapons, their interactions with uh, ping pong competitions, whatever, uh, you can tell that uh, first and foremost, they don't do it. Uh, there are competitions in Louisiana for ping pong, and their names never show up on the list, uh, which is weird enough on its own. Uh, and so instead, they must be using that time that they say that they're going to do this, like where they have it blocked out. Uh, is to do something with these weapons, to learn how to use them ostensibly. If all of them are getting them, they're probably all learning how to use them. And that seems odd. Like, you could take martial arts classes that have weapons if you wanted to. It didn't have to be secret. So they are meeting for some sort of secret group to learn to use weapons for a reason that isn't just fun or competition. Yikes. Uh, I think uh, Beck looks over to their display case of vintage cereal cereals and goes, Oh, Waffalo Bill, we're really in it now. We cut to the local hospital, where the air is sterile and the sheets sting. We hear the beep, beep, beeping. As the vitals on Flint are being recorded, we see numbers flash across in blurry lines. We kind of see it move in a weird, blurry, super fast motion as doctors and uh, family friends move in and out at rapid speeds while we see Flint kind of staring blankly at a wall for a long time in recovery and shock. Until we slow down and see Flint by himself and a couple people waiting outside kind of trying to get the picture of if you're ready to talk or not. How do you look? Completely destitute. His eyes are sunken in under. His lips are constantly turned downwards. And he can't seem to focus on anything. If it didn't hurt so much to move, he would be shaking right now. Just rocking back and forth, but because of the pain he's in, all he can do is sit still and stare. 
eventually, two people come in. One of them is wearing like a black suit uh, in tie scenario. Another is uh, just like a, like a kind of plain clothes police officer. They have like a badge, but otherwise is dressed really casually. And they sit down in the chairs across from you. And the officer says, Hey, Flint. You doing okay? Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, what's going on with your throat? You getting, get hurt? You get, is the medicine not going down? Doctor said, I screamed real loud and tore some vocal cords. Okay, okay. You can try to keep that to a minimum then. I got here with me a, uh, uh, well, they're gonna draw what you describe, okay? We're gonna we're gonna catch this guy, all right? It wasn't a guy. Some kind of some kind of weird animal. An animal, you saying? Like a? Oh well, oh that would make more sense with the. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Nothing about that was sensible. It, it, its face was like a lizard, like. Almost like a lizard or a dog. Like a lizard or a dog? Yeah, but like as tall as me. And. Oh, Flint. Leathery skin and spines. It had spines. Nurse, uh, they call in one of the nurse practitioners to come in and kind of like hold your hand and get you know it's okay. You can see through the window, uh, your mom, uh, is like biting. Like this, like handkerchief, as she looks at you and is like so worried that you're gonna like hurt yourself in some way as you kind of have panic attacks. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna fix this. We're gonna find what did this and we're gonna, we're gonna get him, okay? Uh, one of the people waiting outside, they're coming in, they're kind of like a, uh, we're wearing like tweed and have like a bow tie and they, have these sort of ovular glasses, uh, and he comes down and says, Mr. O'Hare, we understand that you went through something traumatic, and it can be rather scary to understand. I am a psychologist with the hospital, and I want to see if we can talk you through what happened. Yeah. We think that maybe your mind is trying to protect itself from what it saw. I, I know what now, I saw. Can you bear with me for a moment? If we can talk of this through, maybe we can clarify some things and maybe get to the root of what happened. You can tell pretty clearly that none of these people believe you. Listen, it wasn't a person. It was, it was some kind of a weird creature. This. People were complaining that they saw someone in what looked like a costume outside with, like, weird eyes. And then I heard a scream. And I saw this weird creature. Then everybody started dying. Throw me a manipulative person to see if even, like, one person in here might start to get something here. That's only a six. Mark experience. They, the psychologist kind of like shakes their head and looks down and says, maybe we can come back to it later. 
and they they step out and uh, you can see through the window your mom like is sobbing and she like puts her head against the psychologist's chest and he pats her in the back and kind of takes a step back and the the officer and the uh, whatever the word is for the person who sketches killers faces uh, bite their lips and they just kind of walk out they'll deal with it later Everyone's kind of given up on this situation. How does Flint look as everyone kind of leaves him alone, finally? Still just staring at the wall. No magazines, no television, no nothing. Just staring. Okay. The camera kind of closes out slowly on the beeping next to you as we see your heart rate every now and again go from normal beep 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 as the memory comes back to you in flashes and we see the date uh move a year forward on the uh on the vitals how is flint doing a year later after this experience has he graduated college yeah he got his degree but it seems like some of the professors might have passed him out of pity that makes sense. He isn't taking things as seriously as he used to. For sure. We uh, we see flowers uh, on your doorstep all the time. Uh, we see deliveries of uh, letters and we're sorries and pictures. The people that perished that night, their parents come by to tell you how much they loved you and spoke so highly of you and that if you ever need anything, of course they'll do whatever you need. A whole year of people just reminding you all the time that they're all gone. A whole year. Five years ahead. Flint, do you have a job? No, I'm still trying to convince people that what happened back then wasn't a serial killer. People have started to, I mean, have by now kind of given up on this idea. They before wanted to think like, once he gets over this, we'll get something, we'll get some details. He just needs to, he needs time to recover. And it just doesn't seem like he is. Someone starts talking to your mom about maybe putting you in a place where you can get some more dedicated mental care. And you can hear that every now and again, either over the phone or in another room. It's heartbreaking. What do you do? Is my parents' truck do? outside? Oh, yeah. I'm not getting put in a home. Flint, uh... Waits for them to fall asleep. Takes the truck and some cash. He leaves. We see the headlights flicker on. We hear the engine rev. And into a quiet night... Flint dries off. Healthy now. Weaker or stronger, we're not sure. Until ten years later. You're on the road now, how do you look? He's got a beard at this point. His hair's rattier. There's a cap that he picked up at a truck stop with a beer bottle built a uh, beer bottle opener built into it. What's the inside of the truck look like? Food wrappers everywhere. 
empty packs of cigarettes and empty bottles of alcohol. Shotgun in the back on a gun rack and sealed away legally. Of course. We see this clear-cut vision of how Flint has been handling these past years as we kind of slowly roll through the night on an empty highway. It's 3 a.m. The sun is firmly gone. There's not a lot of light in the sky. It's cloudy. You can feel these sort of distant laughter and (sighs) cheers and sorries from people long, long ago. Does Flint listen to anything on the radio as he drives? Does he sit in silence? Silence. He usually sits in silence, but every time he crosses, like, a new state border or something like that, he listens to the local news. Oh, he's checking if there's something else, like what took everything away from him. He needs to, he needs to prove it to people. He's not crazy. You're not crazy. He's not crazy. You see a a quick blur in your headlights, faster than your car is moving. You see rows and rows of the uh, foliage either side of the highway uh, rustle and tear. You pass by a dead deer, but it looks torn. It doesn't look like it's been bitten or hit by a car. It was torn. And not long after, right in front of your car, just a split second, is a red glint. Same as you saw through that window oh so long ago. I'll get you, you son of a bitch. Do you stop on the brakes? No, I slam on the gas. You slam on the gas. You drive forward far into the night. You see this trail. Every now and again, another thing ripped. A a, a miscellaneous shoe. Or uh, just a, a singular lying shoe. You see street signs torn. You see dirt ripped up. It's all over the place. The signs are everywhere, and no one sees it but you. You see the red glint again. I try to drive my car into it. Give me a little act under pressure. That is going to be an 11. 11. There is a crack on the front of your car. You see the windshield starts to uh, do that little spider web of glass as you slam into it. We see this, uh, uh, like, quick crack on the ground or on the road side as something slams into it. Uh, your vision of it is, is blurry, misshapen. Uh, you don't see it so clearly like you did long back, long, so, so long ago. Oh, so defined as it was. It's this misty thing for some reason. You can't tell why, but you know that it's it's the thing, or at the very least, it's the same type of thing that did this to you. And your car starts to streak out a little bit as you think maybe it slashed one of your tires as you slammed into it. 
and you start to skid slightly, it's more like a bubble scenario, like your tire is about to pop. What do you do? I put on the brakes and get out of the car with the gun. You get out of the car with the gun. You see this red glint disappear, but you don't get the sensation that it's gone. What do you do? I light a cigarette and take a deep breath. My hands are shaking and I take a swig of whiskey to try to make me less scared. You try to root yourself in something that's not your own nerves and you breathe and you feel the whiskey settle in, you feel your belly warm and things clear up a little bit. You see this something step out from all the research you've done, it sounded so stupid, Flint. A chupacabra? Really? It emerges from the foliage. It's smaller than the one you've seen. It's clearly not the same one now. Maybe it's its baby. Maybe it's its brother. It's something. It's related to it for sure. But it's here right now. And it's looking at you. What do you do? Your mama took everything away from me. So now I'm going to take you away from it. And I fire my shotgun. Give me some kicks and ass. Ugh, only a seven. Kick each other's ass. Uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, what is the harm on the shotgun? Three. A three. Uh, you inflict the three harm in this thing. You can see that it was already damaged by your truck because, of course, it was. And uh, uh, you can see that, like, its left arm was is basically blown to bits, scattered little bits of blood and bone uh, across the side of the road. And uh, uh, you uh, uh, feel this white hot puncture in your chest, this oh so familiar wound, as you can feel one of your ribs crack and you too take three harm and you can feel the blood leaking out and it's suddenly away from you this thing is so fast and it's mama was so much faster there is a, a quick instance where you see the headlights of another truck drive right by you someone leans out the side and says get off the road asshole they don't even give a shit that you have a gun in your hands they don't see that you're bleeding what do you do? Where are you, you little shit? And I'm gonna, like, take a bit of the blood from my chest and start, like, sprinkling it around me to try to lure it out. Okay. Give me a little read about situation, see where it went. Bad situation, that's plus sharp. Actually, uh, eight. Eight, hold one. What's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? And what's the best way to protect the victim as the victim is being you? I guess what's the best way to protect the victim? It's sad. Um, the best way to protect yourself is to get in your car and drive off. This thing is wounded, and you think it might run away. It could get away if you don't do anything now. But you could get away too. You could both give up on this violence against each other and be safe and live 
That ain't happening. I spit up some blood. You sputter some blood. And another car comes around. They again yell at you to get off the road. And you see this thing emerge from the foliage one last time. It's going to make one last move against you and most likely try to leave. What do you do? I take another shot at it. Point blank if I have to. Go for it. I wait for it to get to point blank to make sure I don't miss. Go for it. See if your reaction time is good enough. Uh, I'm going to use a luck point. Hell yeah. Uh, then choose one. You gain the advantage, take plus one forward, you inflict terrible harm, you suffer less harm, you force them where you want them. I'm going to force them where I want them. Where's that? On the ground with my gun in its mouth. Okay. The thing uh, rushes towards you, and you brace for it like you're holding a spear, and you jam it right in its mouth. It lifts off the ground. It's really light. And as you do so, you can slam it right down to the ground, and you ha- I'll give you the choice now. Do you blow its brains out, or do you try to sit there and do something else with it? I blow its brains out. There's this great cloud. Boom. But it feels distant. So far away. Like it was made underwater. You see this creature splattered across the floor. Across the road. We see a car pass by you. Then you don't even see it. To them it just looks like roadkill. They pass right by you. They don't pay you any mind. But it is dead. What do you do, Flint? What do you do? I gather the pieces of it. Put them in the bed of my truck. We see the headlights turn on again. Head into a moonless night. We see the truck drive off. We cut to the Louisiana State Championships, where supposedly the Constance Competitive Ping Pong Crew is supposed to be competing today. And no one's there from your team, or from Constance's team. Not that you can see at the very least. They might be late, who knows. Your best chance at talking to someone who might know what's going on is one of the staff or the the show directors there. And you're there for your vlog, was it? Uh, yeah. I think that Beck uh, has started a vlog, um, uh, like a, a ping pong themed vlog called Let's Bounce! Exclamation <laughs> point. Uh, to, like give them an air of legitimacy so that they can, like, interview people to get more details. We see uh, what looks... I don't want to make assumptions about what people who play ping pong look like, but, like, a lot of average Joes uh, in, like, athlete sort of wear, like, like, uh, uh, polos that wick away the sweat and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's, like, a room of, like, the sexiest people that you can imagine. <laughs> the really dedicated ping pong players. Yeah. Want- Te- table tennis 
uh, artists. Table table tennis artists. Not again. Not to make fun of uh, t- ping pong. Yeah, I, no, I love of ping pong, not. of course. Yeah, but in this in this fucking universe, that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and you hear, uh, you know, there are like judges sitting right beside the table making big calls, like uh, you know, whatever people do in ping pong. We gotta start researching what happens in sports. We keep including it. Uh, <laughs> and you show up as one of the. Uh, like uh, directorial staff is is kind of moving about, making sure everything's in its place. Hi, uh, my name is uh, uh, Tara Lou. Uh, hi, my name's Tara Lou, and I'm here uh, hoping to maybe get uh, some statements, uh, like a brief interview about some of the teams competing. You see this very distinct look on your face of someone who wants to be proud, but also has never been asked that before. And they... We are kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Our eyes lock, and we know each other's entire life story. Uh, they go, uh, yes, yes, of course. What can I What can I do for you? Uh, well, I understand that you have to remain, you know, objective. Yes, of uh, course. But I'm hoping to get some of your thoughts, uh, uh, some of the specs on some of the teams that are uh, coming in today. Okay, that would that sounds reasonable. <clears throat> I just I can't have any commentary on their performance, but their presentation for sure. Yeah. Uh, like the the Blue Devils or the uh, King Kong's Hong Kong Ping Pong Hog Champs, or maybe the. Oh my god. Can you hit me with that one again? Oh, the uh, King Kong Hong Kong Ping Pong Pong Champ team? Yes, of course that's here. Because yes and. And what was that last one you said? Oh, the, the, you know, it's just the local team from Constance. One more time. The, the local team from uh, Constance, Louisiana. Uh, I think they're based out of the uh, YMGA. Uh, we get some spectators from Constance, if that's what you mean. But no, uh, I don't. I don't think we have any players here. At least that, that name doesn't sound familiar to me. Are they playing under like a different, like sports name? Maybe I'll recognize that. Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, they might be under the name Hayes. Uh, I can take, certainly take a look. Give me just a moment. Sure, thank you so much. Uh, it doesn't look like we have a haze here. I'm sorry. Huh. Oh, okay. Well, uh, maybe I'm just getting my wires crossed. Seems the way I will, uh, you know, I'm more welcome to watch the other teams. I would love to talk about the other teams if you have any interest in those. Yeah, could you name three of those teams for me? Yeah, I would love to name three of those teams for you. Uh, the... Fighting Mongooses. The... Snap Dragons. The... Come on, Lee. Come on, Improvisation. I... <laughs> special contract. The... Uh, why can't I think of it now? This is the real sport. Uh... <laughs> it's mental gymnastics. I'm trying to think of something even vaguely Louisiana-related, and I can't do it. Uh, the brine shrimp, which is not uh, Louisiana-related, but I think is a fine name. Uh-huh. I'm a big fan of the see-you-later haters. 
Can't beat these gators. Louisiana gators. I love that we're naming them vaguely in horse naming mechanics, where there's like a full sentence. (laughs) Grandpa's breakfast. Yeah, yeah. So yes, those are other team names that are here. You don't Um, want to stand around and list five more? Or, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah, that's reasonable. No one would want to do that or would want to overhear this conversation. Exactly. Well, yeah, oh, I hope you have a, a lovely time. I um, uh, would love to read your blog sometime. Oh, yeah, it's on a, a blogspot.letsbounce.com. Excellent. I'll certainly look it up. Yep, it's backlogged with the appropriate amount of entries to be a legitimate website. Okay. Goodbye. You have a good day. And you uh, bounce. Uh, yeah, uh, Beck walks away, does a little fist pump, and goes, nailed it. Uh, did you record that? Uh, yeah. Fair enough. And then you drive the two hours to get back to Constance, I assume, or take the bus or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, what do you do when you get back in town? Um, I think that, what time of day is it? Uh, now it's pretty late. I would say it's like maybe six. Is the ping pong team supposed to meet today? Uh, they are not, but the karate class is, is, would normally happen during this period. I think that Beck, uh, like the entire, uh, like bus trip back, uh, had been envisioning this sort of, like, really dynamic, confrontational uh, moment where they, like, slam down a manila envelope on a desk and, you know, uh, get to have their their cool boy moment. Uh, And then I think in the 11th hour, they chicken out and they just send Grandmaster Chuck Hayes uh, the voice clip. Uh, And maybe a little, uh, we need to talk. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the worst thing you could have done. I think that, yeah, they, they send the message, they hit send, and then they, like, throw their phone across the room onto their bed. Uh, for sure. <clears throat> uh, there is, like, an excruciatingly long pause, but you get the scene thing really early on. Mm-hmm. That makes it so much worse. You sit and you wait. What does Beck look like in this excruciating period? Beck's confidence really kind of ebbs and flows. Uh, and I think now they're just full of, like, nervous energy. Uh, and they're just, like, pacing or they're doing, like, uh, little crunches or they're, like, half whispering, like, arguments or, like, you know, mm-hmm. how they imagine things are going to work. They're just so tense. For sure. Uh, you finally get a text that says... Class is over in 15 minutes. Awesome. Uh, okay. Back heads over. You get there, and none of the people are in karate geese. They are, they look like they've been sitting there, are donuts on a table. You see Chuck Hayes, not sweaty, not in a gi. Nods at you. Looks tired. Like, eyes full of dread. <laughs> Emotionally tired. Hey! <clears throat> uh, good, good evening. So I see you didn't take my advice. I contemplated it 
and made an executive decision. I see that. Have a seat. And he motions to a, a, a chair by the wall. Oh, that's cool. There's like ten of you and one of me. I think I'll, I'm good. I'm not going to hurt you. Look, I just want to talk. Okay. He sits down. Uh, everyone, can you step outside real quick? I think there's a moment as Beck is like going to sit down where they almost like reach for a donut and then they don't. <laughs> They're like, that's not, that's not what this is. That's not what's you, happening. <laughs> you can have a donut. It's fine. I'm good. More of a bagel guy. Okay. I said bagel up until like third grade. It was really embarrassing. It was a difficult time in my life. I'm sorry. It looked like you were going to say something. <laughs> I think he took a weird stance where he's like, I was just going to wait till she talks herself out. He's going to like let you go. Uh, and everyone kind of steps outside. Uh, you can, some of them like seem fine. They're like, hi, back. How you doing? Good to see you. And uh, someone's like, Stuart, can't you see something's about to happen? Sorry. Uh, and they, they step outside. And they don't, it doesn't seem like they're like waiting by the door or like blocking her or anything. You can see like through a window, they actually do go outside. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Says Chuck. I think the better question is, what are you doing? Please answer me first. I am. Um... If we're going to have some kind of working relationship here, I need to have a pretty upfront conversation with you. Okay. Um, is this a mob syndicate? Or like, <laughs> a, like a ninja fight club? Uh, I guess in technical terms, the second one is closer, but not quite right. <clears throat> Can I ask you why you're doing all this? You know that, you know, we've had a pretty good relationship over the years. You're an excellent student. You work so hard. You have maybe the highest kicks in the class. But I, I have to understand why you're going through all this effort to invade the privacy of the people that take this uh, class. Uh, well, I mean, some of it, you know, comes from a perspective of maybe a concerned citizen, since there is, let's say, large, long knives involved. Wink. <laughs> he does not laugh at that, but I do. Uh, <laughs> he... There's like a sort of sage nod that he always does. Okay. I can respect that concern. I have to, I suppose I have to ask what was a follow-up. Did you tell anyone about this? No. Great. <sighs> okay. You are, seem to be unstoppable. So, I guess let's put things out in the open then. that seem fair? Yeah. Okay. I will tell you what. I think you are an excellent student. I think you would make a fine addition to our team. But I should tell you and inform you the degree to what to to what you are getting into before I make that offer, okay? Yeah, sounds about right. 
I usually have a bit more of a prepared explanation or someone has usually already had it before meeting me. We call ourselves the Bulwark. We are a sort of protector of Constance and uh, I suppose other parts of New Orleans when we can, when we can spare people for it. We protect Constance from, and please bear with me here, monsters. Like in the in the sense that like the greatest monster is man, like if only oh. the greatest monster is sort of a Cthulian tentacle monster that lives deep in the ocean. <laughs> uh. I. I think you know me well enough to know that I don't really like to lie about stuff and that when I say things earnestly, I mean it. Miss Tui, I mean this. There is something dark out there and we hold it back. Yeah, okay, I get it. I I took everything way too far and I went kind of crazy. Now you're trying to teach me a lesson. I get it. Very clever. I, I guess I deserve this. I'll, I'll, if it's just some sort of like weird kendo class, I'll leave you alone. Uh, Miss Tui. Yeah. Do you have um, you have family out here? Uh, not not in Constance, not anymore. Okay. Do you, I'm sure you have a lot of friends though. You're like a well-meaning energetic kind of kind of lass i have i'm i have friends on the internet does that count of course they do okay yeah, yeah. they just don't live in constant mm-hmm okay how are things how's the thing how are things at your job going well uh it's fine you know it's a dying industry i guess yeah Move are you rental. thinking about maybe going back to school or anything uh not not really Kind of on a, a gap year that doesn't seem to end. Hmm. Uh, I guess final question: Do you have? What are your goals in life? Oh boy. Um. Uh. I get, Remember, I, we said we're putting everything on the table here. Let's, yeah. Let's... I, I wish I had like a better answer for you. I guess I, I don't have anything. Sort of in the macro. I make minimum wage. It's a little hard to. Dream big on an empty pocket. Okay. I. This is going to sound weird. That is, to a degree, okay to hear. I would be more hesitant to reveal all of this if I would be taking you away from something more, not more, but special. Are you serious about this? Follow me. He gets up and starts to walk into a sort of like storage closet that exists in the Y. Okay. He pulls out his uh, like gym bag, and from it, he pulls out an orange-colored canvas robe with a scalloped tower on it. Oh, boy. I 
Look, I, I believe in evolution and like fossil records and stuff. So if this is like a cult whose ideology might kind of conflict with that mindset. It doesn't. This isn't a religion. It's what every cult says, but let's... All right. I am not out here to change your beliefs in whatever God or lack thereof you believe in. I'm telling you that from a scientific, yeah, from a scientific perspective, we know that there are other creatures out there that mean to do us harm. I can't convince you or prove it without showing you one, and that would be extremely dangerous. But I can offer to prepare you in the event that one does show up. Okay. F- follow-up questions. Uh, do I have to pay monthly or any sort of membership fee? No. Do I have to make any sort of live or blood sacrifices? No. Uh, there is there is one spell that involves like a pinprick of blood. Okay, spell. All right, and three. I do. I have to supply my own sword. No. You will get one for free if you want more than that. Oh, we have to work something out. Maybe every I'm- person here has a chosen weapon or a sort of signature weapon that they master over their time here, as versatility is key when dealing with these creatures. Does sound pretty good. Your training will become very intense. That backflip you've been getting pretty good at, you will master it much sooner. But it does mean you have to work harder. You'll have to train your body and your mind. We take outings regularly to to practice in harsher elements. And there's no, like, contract or... We will ask you to maintain secrecy, but it's not like we can sue you over this, if that's what you're asking. I cannot stress this enough that secrecy is extremely important. That's why it makes me very nervous when you do stuff like this, Miss Dewey. Right. Well, but now it's our secret. Now it is our secret. I can work with that. I want to know that I can trust you, Beck. I want to know that when we have this teacher-student relationship that it matters. To both of us. Yeah, it it matters. And then part of that is going to be trusting each other. Okay. Okay. He puts a hand out for you to shake. I think that Beck's hand had been in like their jacket pocket and they had been gripping their keys with like the keys sticking between their fingers sort of frightened this whole time that something bad was going to happen and they they let go and they reach out their hand and they shake I think his eyes move to your like jacket pocket uh, and he shakes your hand and says I understand the caution we're not going to kill you I wasn't asking you those things to see if no one would remember you Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, I have a pretty established web presence, so. <laughs> okay. Are you the one that started Let's Bounce? Is that uh, where I'm getting those emails from? Uh, maybe. Yes. <sighs> you are maybe the most persistent person I have ever met. You know, if this was, like, a shown in anime, that would be a real feather in my cap. 
You don't, don't have to. You don't is. have to know what those words mean to understand that it's a valuable quality. Okay. I'm gonna have a donut now, and Good. sort of stop holding my breath. Okay. Have a donut then. And we cut forward. We see in a sort of montage format these long treks in Beck's training uh, where we see them take hikes out all as a group to these like uh, deep areas of the forest or marshes where there's waterfalls and they sit beneath the waterfalls in the cold and wet and train their minds with, with, uh, to, to build that mental fortitude. We see uh, these arduous, like seemingly pointless tasks of like stacking these misshapen rocks into towers to have these, like, uh, that you might have to exhibit extreme patience to build as any small misstep knocks it all down. Uh, each one of these tasks requires an absurd level of, uh, just, like, patience and discipline and, and like, dedication that he asks of you. How does Beck feel throughout this entire time? I think that Beck was anticipating more of a, like, meditate under waterfalls and punch rocks kind of thing. Uh, but the the sort of slow, like, laborious, you know, like, sculpture of things that they do is definitely a little bit more difficult. Uh, but I think they get into it. For sure, for sure. Uh, as, uh, does Beck believe in the monsters and the weird stuff at this time, or is he just kind of going along for the ride? I, I think that it's this complicated feeling where, uh, she kind of wants to believe that they're real, you know, one, so that this all feels sort of justified, and because that sounds so exciting, and to be one of the only people that know about monsters would make you special. But then at the same time, she feels guilty for maybe actively hoping that monsters are out there. Because why would you, like, want to believe that there's something so terrible that could hurt somebody? For sure, for sure. You can see that the other members are kind of holding you at arm's length. Possibly for that reason. Also because you invaded their privacy. Uh... And uh, while they are nice and amenable to you, uh, you can tell that they are, like, hesitant to, like, talk more about their experiences with you. Like, sometimes the, the words, like, spells and things come up, and, it, and that conversation ends pretty quickly. Um, and they kind of move on to other things if you're around. Time keeps moving forward, and every one of these sort of trainings and classes gets more and more specific. Where it's like you can only make this uh, like pen stroke in this color ink. Uh, you can uh, when you like make this slime, you have to use this kind of glue because it has this ingredient, uh, and you can't uh, add baby oil or whatever because you it messes up this weird alchemical sequence. And none of this has ever come into like a weird fruition. Uh, like no magic has come out of it, but everyone else here totally and wholly is ready to do all of it. And they are expecting you to be the exact same. 
I think that because Beck is being kind of held at arm's length and isn't really able to like engage in the community, they're kind of like left on their own. And I think that even though they're not completely convinced, uh, they, as we have already seen, like have this sort of obsessive desire to like prove themselves. Mm -hmm. So when they feel like they're kind of not being fully like welcomed or whatever, they're like, all right, well, I'll just be like the best at all of it. Uh, and then maybe that will, you know, draw them back to me or something. So they kind of mm -hmm. just double down and they get like really into it. <laughs> you can see that, uh, throughout this process, uh, uh, Grandmaster Hayes, uh, eyes you with curiosity. Like maybe he expected you to eventually just get frustrated and leave. Um, which would have been totally reasonable for any human to do. And as you uh, slowly but surely start surpassing the other students through, like, sheer force of will, he clearly takes notice. And he pulls you aside one day as, you're, as everyone's, like, sitting on a rock and eating, like, ham sandwiches and what have you. How are you feeling? Uh... Pretty good. Uh, my really tired of looking at that checkerboard. I'm seeing everything in black and red at this point. Ugh. You've been really dedicated to that. You know you're allowed to take breaks. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, inertia and all that. Once I'm in the groove, I'm in the groove. Okay. You've made great progress in your time here. I recognize that the slow and steady route is not necessarily your strong suit. So this is made, you've made some impressive leaps. It's nice to hear that I've been making progress, but like, with all due respect, I have no idea what I'm making progress towards. That's fair. Part of what we do, the select few of us that are eventually able to do it, requires a, an, such an excessively high degree of spiritual discipline that it is almost never achieved by anyone. I think you might be one of the people that could give it a try. It's just that prior to that point, we need to know because it can be dangerous. We need to see with absolute certainty that the things you do, the, what you produce out there, and he kind of motions to like the large series of stone towers and stacked blocks and uh, weird sculptures and things like that is working. That you are able to do those things without falling apart or getting frustrated. They're difficult, we know. It's a different kind of difficult than I imagine you were, you were expecting. A little bit. But your nunchucks are coming along really well, too. Aw, oh, thanks. It was an interesting choice. I, To be honest, we hadn't prepared nunchucks as an option, but I'm happy to see that you've taken to them. I just kind of like the idea of being able to have, you know, my thing on me at all times. You know that it's not legal to carry nunchucks around, right? Yep, but in my experience so far, it's one of those things that a lot of people, you know, they think, is it illegal? I'm not actually entirely sure. <laughs> and in that moment of sort of ambiguity, you kind of let it slide. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. 
I, uh, yeah. Appreciate your forward thinking, let's say. I'll tell you what. Let's go back. I'm going to show you something as a group. And I want you to try something for me, okay? Okay. Is it, is it involve super glue? Because I can't, I can't do, I can't get my fingers stuck to each other again. I just can't. You shouldn't have that happen at all. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, this one is going to involve largely paint. Okay. And he seems resigned to how messy this one is. And everyone takes gets on the bus and heads back uh, from their supposed uh, hike, uh, and they return to the to the Y. Everyone hops into the normal classroom. It seems it's in its off hours, like no one's there right now. But Chuck has the key. He has definitely communicated to this, the something to the rest of the group, and they've all kind of like nodded along. But it's sort of like an unspoken like set of nods. And when you arrive, everyone puts on their orange robes, which you do not have yet. They haven't been had the time to make them for you. And people start setting out candles. The room is darkened as someone turns off the lights. Now in only an incandescent glow bordering the room. They move a, a sort of desk in front of you. Like they wanted a podium but there's not a podium here, so this is the best they can do. They all sit and wait in a sort of U-shape around you. They motion for you to step up to the desk. Uh, yep. Heck does it. It's a very clear cult scenario. Uh, Chuck pulls from his bag this purple tome. It must have over a thousand pages and it's at least a foot long. It has gilded uh, borders or trim along its pages. This is Legrand's. This is a book of protective wards to keep you safe. Techniques that you can learn to make yourself aware of all of the creatures around you. To make you alert and ready to face them when you need to. This is where we teach magic from. This book, The Grands, forms the basis for our mystic defense, Constance. Back to we. I think you're ready to learn. Okay. Do you understand what's happening right now? I'm, I'm gonna learn to cast magic from a magic book. I understand that this sounds incredibly strange. I just encourage that you approach this with an open mind. When you read these things, try to believe them, if only for a moment. Okay? Okay. Okay. He places a book out in front of you, or the book out in front of you, and moves to a very specific page. He sets out, like, like dollar store finger paints for you to use where each finger has supposed to have a different color, and the page shows a set of eyes covered in this, like, intricate web of colors. And then he places a mirror in front of you. Okay? You're going to follow this pattern exactly. Okay? 
This is what we've all been waiting for. You cannot miss a single stroke, or you might deal damage to your eyes. Okay. Patience. This may take a little while. But I'm trusting you here. I wouldn't have you have you try this if I didn't think you were ready. Okay? Okay. Use magic. Ooh, that is a nine. No, wait. Nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. Eleven? Beautiful. Uh, pick an effect. You get inflict harm if you want. Oh boy. Enchant a weapon. Do one thing behind human limitations. Bar a place or portal to a specific person or type of creature. Trap a specific person. Banish a spirit. Summon a monster. Uh, communicate with something you do not share a language. Oh, summon a monster. Remove to big magic. Yeah. Uh, observe another place or time or heal a harm from an injury. I think the Beck will do something beyond human limitations. Um, and I think as they're doing this, their, uh, eyes grow, like, really big and wide. Uh, they go yellow, and their, the pupils, uh, tighten into these cat-like slits. Um... And the room is, you know, I think what you said was like low lighting, there's candles everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think that um, they can see like perfectly in the dark. For sure. Uh, and when you do, when your eyes enlarge, you see across the room, uh, The some of them have little pendants around their neck that sort of radiate this blue energy now. You see on the door... Uh, and across in the, the sort of storage area on Chuck's bag are these now glowing sigils that you can see perfectly clearly with now your vision aided by magic. And you can tell that these people have had magic on them this whole time. And they've just been waiting to show it to you. You can hear them say amongst themselves, the future is bright. The future is bright. Future is bright. Chuck nods at you. Well done. I thought you would succeed. I suppose it's time to offer you to formally join the Bulwark as a member of its inner circle. You will be one of the few people in all of Constance and all the state who will join us in using magic. Are you ready? Do I get a robe now? You do. Welcome, Bektui, to the Bulwark, holy and truly, as an acolyte. And you hear people around you, or the the couple in the U, shout, Acolyte! Acolyte! But they're all, you know, like Stuart and and Lisa, so it's more like, Acolyte! Acolyte! (laughs) I... Yeah, go ahead. The candle flames rise a little bit as they all chant together. Uh, The few people in the room who can do magic kind of reveal themselves as being able to do so uh, and make the sort of effects of the room a bit more dramatic. There is uh, the great candle flickers. There is great shadows cast along the walls that you can see with your cat-like eyes. 
<laughs> these um these eyes are like really weird and uh, sensitive. Uh, yeah, keep tearing up. That's so annoying. How do you how do you turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the counter spell? It's one of these, and the whole team gets up to come hug you. And they are saying, welcome, it's so good to have you, I've been waiting so long for this! Uh, uh, and they're, they are, like, overjoyed that they can, that they are now trusting you and welcoming you into the fold. I think that Beck, uh, uh, thoughtlessly, like, hugs, like, everyone back, uh, and then, you know, realizes that they have finger paints. <laughs> None of them seem to care. They're all, like... And you, uh, like they come back and there's like paint on their face, and they're like, "We're gonna have to have you for over for dinner sometimes." Charles is going to love you, uh, and all of that sort of like they are now ready to be your friends, your family. They're gonna bring you in, and you're gonna have a group that's all your own. What is Beck's sort of last thoughts as her initiation rite is complete? Everything television and true crime has taught me about this uh, moment is that this sort of emotional reinforcement is one of the big dangers in cults. But it just it super is. It just feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Chuck hands you uh, your new set of nunchucks that are genuinely ready for battle. They are not training sets, they are wood, they are sturdy, and they have chains, not ropes. And you are a member of the team. We see, we see you don your orange robes. Everyone looks abundantly silly. Uh, and finally, someone brings in the donuts and popcorn, and everyone's going to go see a movie together. <laughs> and everyone's pretty happy to have you. As you have friends now. I can't stress enough to all of our listeners, don't join a cult. Yeah. <laughs> no. This is maybe a rare occurrence where these are the good guys. But like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Otherwise, don't join a cult. Don't do it, kids. It's not It's not good. I don't know. You sold me. I'm looking up local cults right now. <laughs> True. What if we all join a cult as a team? Maybe then we can get some safety in numbers there. I know that we're all, you know, sort of alienated and estranged societally, and we're all like big fans of the found family trope, but do not join a cult. Join a call, and we're ending the show here. 